I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to hour number two of the expanded Inside Sources. Great to be with you. 1 to 3 p.m. every weekday here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson and I hope you're ready to dig a little deeper here in hour number two. We're going to think a little bigger. We're going to challenge our assumptions uh, just a little stronger than maybe we have in the past. And above all, we are, of course, going to disagree a little bit better. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. So it's always time to think again, uh, to step back just a little bit. Uh, remember, uh, it's not about being smarter. It's about staying with the questions a little bit longer. And one of the questions that we just need to sit with and solve is what's happening at our border and what's happening in terms of our immigration system. There is a crisis at the border. The Biden administration has uh, finally come to terms with that term, that it's no longer just a challenge, though they still like to couch it in terms of a challenge. Uh, It is a crisis at the border, and there are some real ramifications going on there. There was a bill introduced today uh, by Senator John Cornyn of Texas and uh, Democratic Senator Sinema from uh, Arizona, a bipartisan bill that really opens up uh, an investigation to what is going on at the border, and especially as it relates to children, how they are being treated. And uh, we need to explore all of that and stay with that question just a little bit longer. And really interesting, uh, of course, uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris has been uh, tasked by the president. This was uh, announced uh, six or seven weeks ago that she would lead out in terms of what was happening at the border, the border crisis and immigration issues. Uh, she she then kind of went behind the scenes a little bit for a while. Uh, she has not been to the border as of yet, but she did make a trip uh, this week to the Northern Triangle of South America to really talk about why people are leaving those countries and making the trek uh, up towards the American border. And so the question has to be, why do people leave home? And often it is the case that people leave home when they don't want to, either because they are fleeing some harm or because they are unable to satisfy their basic needs and the needs of taking care of their family because the resources and opportunities are not there. And so they have to go elsewhere. All right. I think that's a pretty fair assessment uh, in terms of the the baseline there. Why do people leave? Uh, Most of people are not coming 
uh, to America for baseball, hot dogs, apple pie. Uh, they're they're coming for for opportunity. They're coming because they are either fleeing harm, as the vice president said, or that they can't you know meet those basic needs, or they feel like their family is being threatened uh, by violence or or, or uh, issues that are happening in in their hometown. And so all of those things are true, uh, and all of those things are are part of the equation of what's going on. Uh, it was interesting to me that the vice president continued on after making that statement, again, speaking with uh, some of the leaders from this uh, part of the Northern Triangle of uh, South America, uh, and she said this. And then if you look at the acute issues in particular that are affecting the Northern Triangle, we are looking at extensive storm damage because of extreme climate. We're looking at drought in an area and a region where agriculture is one of the most traditionally uh, important um, bases for their economy. We're looking at uh, what's happening in terms of food scarcity as a result of that. And in fact, incredible food insecurity, which you know we used to call hunger, <laughs> it's food insecurity. Um, and we are looking at, therefore, a number of issues that also relate to poverty, extreme poverty, and also um, there's violence, obviously, coming out of those regions. Okay, so... Uh, granted, it was Earth Day yesterday, and that's an important discussion to have. Uh, obviously, drought uh, does have an impact. Storms uh, have an impact. Uh, how many of those are uh, because of extreme climate or climate change? How much of those are just part of cyclical uh, seasons and things that happen in weather pattern, uh, weather patterns over centuries? Uh, that's an interesting place, I think, for the vice president to go in terms of what's happening and why why this is all taking place. Uh, and that worries me a little bit because it's a little too easy to shrug your shoulders and say, well, it's a it's a uh, global warming problem. Uh, that's why we have a crisis at the border. I don't think most Americans would buy into that as a, uh, as a cause and effect uh, kind of thing. Uh, so we need to look at what are the possible solutions? How do we actually engage in this? How do we move it forward? And uh, this is part where I agree with Vice President Harris uh, on part of this strategy of how do we really get to the heart of it in terms of what is impacting these communities in South America. But a comprehensive strategy that is broader than that and frankly bigger than that, uh, a comprehensive strategy that includes civil society, which basically community-based organizations, both here and there. Uh, the work we can do with the private sector, we are convening um, CEOs, That's, that is an upcoming meeting. Um, the work that we can do with foundations, of course, and and then with our international friends. I've approached everyone from the Prime Minister of Japan to, to Canada and, and others about a collaborative approach. Um, and, but for us, investing in also our allies around the globe, around our priority as it relates to our neighborhood, which is the Western Hemisphere. Okay, so I absolutely agree with the Vice President that... We do need to have civil society engaged in this. We're going to come back to this in our next segment uh, as to why that isn't happening. And a lot of it is because of government. Uh, I am one of those people. I do believe it takes a village. Uh, just the village is not the government. Uh, the government has a role to play. So I think the vice president was right in saying, hey, we, we do need civil society. We need community-based organizations uh, on both sides of the border uh, that we also need to engage in terms of business. And the thing that we often miss is we are so quick to throw money at the problems 
Uh, and again, if we're looking at this Northern Triangle and why people are fleeing, sometimes, sometimes uh, all we're doing is talking about giving them more money. Uh, and that's not the answer. What they have to do, if you want to drive freedom, you've got to support entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs drive freedom. And when governments are corrupt or when systems don't enable people to start a business, run a business, thrive with a business, provide for their family and their community with a business, uh, then they're going to become very dependent or they're going to become very despondent and they're going to look for a way out. Uh, so all of these things have to be factored into the equation if we're ever going to get to real, meaningful, sustainable solutions in all of this. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So one of the things I want to think again about as we look at what the vice president said uh, is this idea of civil society. Interestingly, right here in the United States of America, in Texas, uh, they are not allowing some Christian groups to help in the middle of big tragedies. Find out what that is, what that means with Bill Duncan, one of the great thinkers from the Sutherland Institute that will be joining us next. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.